1: Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton.
2: Good morning and welcome to Leadership Stars, where I interview real leaders who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into their leadership in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government, and who will share with you their views on all the aspects of creating and leading powerful teams. Hi, I'm your host, Linda Patton, and as you know, I'm an international speaker, a four time best selling author, and the creator of both the program and the book, The Art of Herding Cats Leading Teams of Leaders. I've been developing leaders for over 40 years, both inside organizations and more recently independently as a coach, a guide, and a mentor to uncover core strengths, to ignite with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. Today, we're talking about uh, mindset and influence. And I have one of the most powerful women who's influential, and I, and she loves to say, and I agree, a badassery leader, Ann Evanston. Anne, welcome to the program. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's just such a delight to have you here. I mean, we've been working together for, it'll be four years in April, and I find you to be really an inspiration to me, and you've gotten me to where I am today because of your work with Influence and especially with mindset. So I know you've written a book called The Influence Factor. I have. And that influence has always been part of your brand, um, including the programs that you do and this kind of thing. So where did this passion start?
0: For influence? For influence, Um, yeah. uh Honestly, my passion for influence started after September 11th here in America, a famous date without the year on it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I realized after that that I was looking for it. I was looking for where are the influencers? Where are the people that we look to um, to keep us inspired in times of crisis then. And that expanded beyond to where are they on a day-to-day basis? Because we are always, we're, we're always searching for, that space in place where creativity happens, where somebody creates encouragement, um, that person that has that drive to see the best in us. And that started my search for understanding what it means to be an influential person.
2: And Anne, you have a very interesting background as well as you work with a tribe that I, I obviously am a part of and I find very interesting. Would you tell our audience... More about um and about tribe that you support
0: um well, my background I have a master's degree in psychology um, and uh, my focus has always been on women and Uh, having them step into their personal power, uh, which is what my book is about. It's about really discovering your personal power and your influential voice. Um, And it, it ultimately for me is how women become strong, powerful, and loving and honestly get out of their own way to have the success that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really the focus in terms of the work that I do. Uh, In 2008, after the take in the economy, I made a shift to focus mostly on entrepreneurial women, um, although the universe is shifting that back even broader to uh, a larger group of women here, Um, but mostly entrepreneurial women. And my focus with them is really how do they organize what they do in a way that builds a brand that people know. It becomes top of mind. Um, it calls the tribe that you want to work with, and it is about the psychology background work is about mindset as well as visibility, um, because I actually find that most women are more afraid of success than they are failure. So even women in leadership roles like what you do and the work with the women you work with, I find that women, even in those kind of roles, are more afraid of what happens with the success going into those roles than they are the failure and not having the role.
2: Oh, and Anne, you know that I would totally agree with you on the fact that women are more afraid of being successful than they are of failing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what I've seen a lot of women as well is that they don't want to make a mistake. They're scared Mm -hmm. to death to make a mistake that in Mm -hmm. essence, they feel that they're going to damage someone's life. So how do you go about coaching someone to get through that fear of success? Right. And I don't even think it's
0: about damaging someone else's life. That's pretty deep. I I think that the, I think a big part of the psychology goes for how we're raised as little girls. I mean, Mm -hmm. little girls are taught to be good students, um, to take responsibility, to do it right, to get the grade. Right. And if you think about that, what it teaches us how to do is to be perfect. So the first thing that I have to do with women is uh, tell them to screw perfectionism (laughs) (laughs) and have them let go of that because if you are always afraid that it's not perfect yet, you will always miss the opportunity. And that is what I think one of the biggest things that holds women back. Well, I can't apply for that yet because I don't have that amount of education or I can't launch my business yet because I haven't learned how to, or I can't write. It's that I've got to study. I've got to be the student. I've got to get it perfect before I can do it.
2: Oh, and that's, that's such a, I mean, my mother was the perfectionist in our family. Um, and I've, mm-hmm. I've told the story where she actually ripped out stuff that I had done like when I did a skirt, and when I knitted something, and she redid it, so it was perfect. And you have Mm -hmm. a saying about perfection, if I remember correctly. A thing? No, a a (laughs) saying. Um, I think
0: it's, be perfect in your imperfection. Oh, yeah. So besides the screw perfection, I always say being imperfect is perfectly perfect. Ah, right. Yes. So Absolutely. when we can re- when, and I think, you know, and here you are working uh, with leadership and the focus of leadership. I actually think that influencers, leaders, the uh, when we talk about that word authenticity, that is the realness of imperfection. That's so important because people have a hard time being led by somebody who's perfect um, because then we're afraid. Right? How do I be led by somebody who's perfect? Because if I screw up, then I let them down, right? So there's an authenticity in your imperfection showing. There's a vulnerability in knowing that you have them and being able to communicate them effectively with people. Mm-hmm.
2: And and I know one of your your favorite authors and someone you quote very frequently is Napoleon Hill. So what mm-hmm. does Napoleon Hill say around perfection, and then from that around mindset?
0: Well, I think Napoleon Hill's work, Think and Grow Rich, which is you know the that's what he's famous for, is Think and Grow Rich. Um, I'm a big believer that Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is really ultimately about learning to be what you're meant to be in the world in order to attract the riches that you desire. And I think too many people think that think and grow rich is about determine the the job you're supposed to do and then build the riches as a result of the job. Um, And so really being able to embrace who you are and step into that every day um, is really important in order to attract the things that you want to attract in your life.
2: So, in other words, what you're saying is that I have to be me first and then step into the job. The job does not define me that I need to do that, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
2: All right. And I know you work with um, in creative, intuitive entrepreneurs, and so they have lots and lots of ideas. I mean, they probably have more ideas than they could ever implement in a lifetime. So does that help or does that hurt their success?
0: Uh, It hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it, it hurts in all manifestations and ways, and I am a highly creative entrepreneur, very intuitive. Um, I am... I always have ideas, and, and I'm unfortunately also old school, which means I have the blinding flash of the obvious of a perfect idea of something to do, and I scribble it on a piece of paper, right, and then I have mm-hmm. odd random pieces of paper everywhere um, with odd random ideas on them. But the, the bigger part of that and where it gets in the way if you're trying to grow a business for yourself is that you never get focused, and ultimately, in order to build something, we've got to focus. Um, I know creative entrepreneurs that because they have squirrel so bad, right? Oh, squirrel! You know um, that's the idea. They're running over there. You know they they can never they they can never finish something, and ultimately, you have to get to a place where you can finish something to be able to achieve success that you want. So how do you take your ideas and be able to honor them as a creative and still at the same time create within focus? So, you know, another big part of Napoleon Hill for me with the work I do with my clients is that knowledge is not power, is what he says. Only organized knowledge towards an intent of purpose and earning. Is powerful, And that's the place where a lot of entrepreneurs are missing it. You have lots of ideas, you have lots of knowledge, you listen to lots of webinars, you take tons of weekend programs, and you haven't yet sat down and tapped in and decided what you know and organized it in a way from beginning to end that helps buyers want to buy it.
2: That's really powerful, and I know for me, that's that's been key to building the art of herding cats, leading teams of leaders. And so Napoleon Hill's work is really the core of your one of your programs, the Compel Speak Sell program. So how do you help entrepreneurs move into that ability to be compelling, to then take that on the stage and to be able to sell from the stage?
0: Well, it's a five-step system. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have organized the knowledge. It's, uh, uh, in my mind, a simple five steps. Of course, different steps are painful for different people based on their growing points, right? Um, As you know, um, some people will grab onto one step one part one step easier than other parts. Um, fortunately in in the work that I do, we work in a group. Everybody has this common languaging and messaging. So it's it's powerful because if you struggle with step one, which is storytelling, there's usually somebody in the group that's a great storyteller and can start to show you that you do have stories and how to pull them out and, and do that kind of thing. Or if you struggle with what we call building your BBR, your badass rebranded resource, right, which is mm-hmm. your herding cats, your system. Um, if they're struggling with that, there's usually somebody who's done it and is and can embrace it and starts to see, well, yeah, but... You do this, and then you do this, and they can help people see it. Um, There's mindset work, psychology work built into everything in the program, of course, because, for example, what a lot of creative, intuitive entrepreneurs want to say to me is, but Ann, every client's different. Okay, well, let's get real for a minute. (laughs) Every client is different. You're right. They have a unique process, yet at the same time, there are still things that you do with each of them to help them have success. And that's a big part of breaking it down. And then all of that fits into now a way that you can give a talk or be on a, on a radio show or do a summit or any of these things that you want to do for media um, to grow and be visible. You can use that to have an organized approach with people.
2: Right. And I, I, I love that about your five-step program is the fact that we do work in mastermind. And when you're struggling in one particular area, somebody, not, not just you as the coach, but other people in the, organi- in the group um, have experiences in those areas and can draw out. And sometimes do you find that that's easier um, to take the, quote, advice from the group than it is from you as the coach?
0: Uh, yes and no. Again, that depends on the person, um, -hmm. and, and how people tend to learn in their approach. I, uh, the biggest challenge and and you know this, Linda, is that usually when a coach says do something, the first reaction of a person is no, (laughs) (laughs) which (laughs) is funny because you paid the person to tell you what to do. To have what you want, and then as soon as they tell you what to do, you want to fight it and not do it. Right? That's a lot of people go through yeah. that.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I, I did with you. Uh uh-huh. you know, It's like, uh-uh. no, you, I, you don't understand. I don't do radio. I don't do television. I don't do. I don't do. And I love the fact that you're always there working with mindset, working with the challenges that each individual has while still within that five-step program.
0: So, yeah. So the beauty of the mastermind part is that when I say it and somebody's going, no, uh-uh, the group can say, oh, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh, right? And right, Uh look what happened to me. Or, you know what, I wish I had done it sooner, you know, Target market is something we talk a lot about uh, about in the process, right? So, um, and you know, there are people who will absolutely say, "Damn it! Why did I stop? Why didn't I stop fighting sooner on the target market part?" And it, you know, the mastermind group will help people get into that um, more and 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 be able to say to each other, "Yeah, you, you know, Anne's right. Do that. It will help you focus. You'll be able to figure out what your organized knowledge is faster when you do that." Um, Your marketing will be better. Your talk will be better. All of those kind of things. So I think there's the balance of that between the individual work and just having one person saying it versus having a, you know, and again, mastermind comes from Napoleon Hill's work is having that, that, that group of people that are in the spirit of harmony, um, a collective mindset in the spirit of harmony. Um, We're all there to help each other achieve our goal and um, we have a collective way to do that that supports that success
2: great and i know there's much more to to talk about when we get back from this Mm -hmm. break okay
0: voice america women's channel
1: a leader in the forward movement of women's success Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare 2 That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. a leader in the forward
0: movement of women's success.
1: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. now back to leadership stars
2: welcome back and i'm with my very favorite person um ann evanston and just to add some credentials to ann's work um, she's been featured on the huffington post spark and Hustle. Uh, i'm sorry the huntington huntington post there we go um she's been on the spark and hustle stage with tori johnson and she has been on stages globally, um, and as she said, um, she is one of the top six marketing consultants named by About. dot com. That's those are pretty impressive uh, credentials, my dear.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> Another thing, though, really kind of interesting that women struggle with in terms of success and and stepping into being influential, being a leadership, having what they want in their lives and careers is, uh, and I'm going to use this word intentionally, is bragging. Mm. Um, Women struggle with the tooting of their own horn. And that's a really important thing that we need to be able to do is to speak up for our own successes. And it's perfectly okay to do.
2: Well, and Ann, isn't that also part of the growing up process is that we as young girls were taught not to brag, that it it was pride and, and that kind of thing, and that we weren't to be like that?
0: Yeah, I think many girls were taught that, well, and again, we did it, not mm-hmm. I did it. So right. even boys who really, and what's very interesting about this is that Boys grow up playing team sports. Girls usually play, grow up playing more individual sports, mm-hmm. um, right, or very small team sports, or they play an instrument. They tend to do more individual things. Boys play team sports, but boys are taught that bragging about their individual responsibilities in those sports is just as important as how the team succeeds. And girls are taught that it's we. We couldn't have done it without each other kind of a mindset. Um, also becomes a challenge for women and networking, which networking is critical. I've been writing articles about networking, um, and I'm published in some uh, anthology-type books on networking as well, Mm -hmm. um, about the fact that there's also a ton of research out there that shows that one thing that men do differently than women to help have the success that they want in their career choices and to grow where they want to grow, is that men have broader, more general networks of people that Mm -hmm. they, on occasion, dump into the emotional bank account. And women tend to have narrower, more intimate relationships and networks where they really want to be friends and they want that intimacy and they really want to know people. So women get overwhelmed because I can't know all these people, so I don't know what to do, and so they stop networking on a broader level, which that broader level is really necessary to grow where you want to grow.
2: And I think isn't that sort of played up in some of the networking organizations, that you need to know, like, and trust people in order to do referrals. And so that sort of feeds into that, gee, I have to have a deeper relationship with you before I can refer you to someone else.
0: And, well, and I don't, I don't it, think that's networking. I think that's referral-based marketing. Okay. So my argument would be, and that's a confused word that we're not mm-hmm. using clearly, that those groups are actually referral-based marketing groups. So from that standpoint, no like, and trust is very important, but visibility and being able to brag about yourself so that you are top of mind is a networking strategy. Um, it's about, like I said, brief things in an emotional bank account so that when you need to make a debit, you can reach out to somebody because you've done something briefly in the bank account. And that's, I think that, and again, women don't understand that. That's my point of this, is that, and I know most Mm -hmm. of your market and audience is women. Women really, really struggle with this. Um, And and there's research. I mean, Harvard, Harvard Business Review, Kinsey Group. I mean, there's a ton of research on this, that when women can make this shift and understand that they need a broader network of people... Um, that they know more generally than this downward deep dive of relationship, they will do better in terms of their career choices.
2: Okay. I I would agree with you that that having that breadth can really um, propel you forward and, of course, make you more visible. But why are so many women, and I'm going to stick with the women, so fearful about being visible, and how can we change that?
0: Yeah, I think this ties back to our earlier conversation. I think this is again a more of a fear of success issue than a fear of mm-hmm. failure. Um, I did a keynote uh, last year um, to a group of women where uh, it was kind of funny because the opening keynote. I was a closing keynote at the event. The opening keynote talked her talk, and I didn't know this, right? They don't necessarily mm-hmm. tell you what everybody talks is. Um, hers was about uh, fear of failure. And my whole talk was about fear of success. Um, and I, I often say we fail every day. If mm-hmm. we're honest with ourselves, we fail every day. And most women have a to-do list and they fail to get it all done every single day. <laughs> and wow, oh we yeah. still get up. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we still, still get up, we still put our pants on the next day, we get up and we fail again, right? Um, The fear of success, and why do I think this is true, which is the visibility quotient. Um, What comes with success and being more visible is scary for women and in many ways ties into self-esteem and self-worth. For example, being visible means that you will be seen failing. Mm. So now we're tied into the perfectionism issue, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Being visible means that critics will show up. So people who disagree with you, think your approach is stupid, um, think you don't know what you're talking about, think you don't have enough credentials, think you don't have, right? (laughs) Whatever the reason is, that they will start showing up. And so the critics show up, which women are their own worst critics to begin with. So as soon as a critic shows up, then your internal critic turns on. It's like, oh my God, what did I do? What am I wrong? What do I got to back away? I got to make it perfect again. And here goes this whole cycle and they hide from visibility. So, you know, there's things that come with visibility. Added responsibility comes with visibility. It doesn't come with not being visible. You know, you stay in your cocoon, in your safe space. You don't have added responsibility. You don't have added accountability, right? Those kind of things um, aren't there. So uh, how
2: do you coach someone, a reluctant leader, um, who's just... The, the thought of being on social media 10 times a day is just not only scary, frightening, and um, something that they're definitely not willing to do. How do you coach them? How do you get them to, to shift that mindset so that they can be more visible in aspects that, that are now becoming very important to marketing and growing your business?
0: Well, and for me, visibility is about in-person, online, and in front of groups. There are there are three mm-hmm. places you need to be visible, right? Right. Um, but uh, honestly, the work and the work that has to be done is internal work. Um, the The reluctant leader, the entrepreneur, uh, the service-based entrepreneur, especially somebody who, you know, you were mentioning, you know, they don't want to fail other people or hurt other people or let other people down, so service-based entrepreneurs. um, You know, the biggest thing is the internal work. Mm -hmm. Um, And the internal work is about getting comfortable in your own skin. Um, It's about building your self-esteem. and it's amazing to me how many people actually don't know what self-esteem is and, and how, it, how we get it and how we fix it if it's broken, which research pretty much shows that, especially again for girls and women, um, what happens to us in our teens greatly deteriorates our self-worth. Um, it's, it's about simple things like knowing what you value and what it means to live by your values. Um, it's about having a vision. Um, which I know you speak about. You know, mm-hmm. so many of those things. If if you know purpose, if you know how to get up every day and 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 how to make decisions and problem solve based on your vision, mission, and values. Um, if you have worked on your self-concept enough where you truly know who you are, you know what your strengths and weaknesses are, um, you know what your style and approach is. You know, so for example, I swear, Linda, you know this. (laughs) I've actually been really good on your radio show,
2: have you noticed? Really good. Yes, you've been exceptionally good and I
0: really appreciate that. (laughs) I, and I I don't give that up. I have told people point blank that I swear. I mean, I had a woman mm-hmm. in my class about a month ago. She was like, I turn blind when somebody swears. I just, you know, I don't get it. And I'm like, they're good words. And people were laughing. Um, I I know that about myself and I am okay with it. I also know, though, that my tribe is okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a woman one time tell me, she said, I love, and I won't do it full on for you. She said, I love love that you give women permission to try on the F word. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, it's so, whether they ever choose to use it in front of other people or not, the fact that you create a safe space where women can use that word, she said, it's so empowering to let them try it on right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and that's me. That's who I am. And so when we're talking about overcoming being reluctant to be visible or being l- reluctant to be a leader, it's it's more about knowing who you are. I mean, even mm-hmm. my husband once interviewed for a woman in corporate America and the woman point blank in the interview said, you need to know, I swear, you know, as she listed off three or four words that she uses on a daily basis, she's like, <laughs> if you have a problem with that or you're going to take it personally, I'm not the person to work for. He came home, he said, it was so refreshing to have a leader just acknowledge that about themselves instead of be a swearer and then constantly apologize for it.
2: I think that's so true. And and I also do love the fact that you're that real and raw that there's no question that the words come and that they're natural to your speech. In other words, it's not forced. You know, somebody's doing it just to do it. it, It's part of your languaging. And I I think everybody who works with you appreciates that and that you give us a safe space to do the same.
0: Right. So, so, and that to me is a big part of this visibility piece. And then, you know, lastly for me, if I was going to add a piece to this is that um, it, To be visible, to get past your reluctancy, you also need to just quit taking things personal. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned social media earlier. Um, If you're going to get active on social media, there are going to be people that are going to choose their opinions that are different than yours. Mm -hmm. And instead of being reactionary to that, get over it. Just move Mm -hmm. on from it. You know, their their opinions, their opinion, it speaks for themselves. And too often I think that we now need to rationalize or explain or argue our point more, that kind of thing. No, step in confidence to what you believe in, which is why that internal work is so important. And it, it, let people disagree if they disagree. That's okay. They have a right to do that.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I I think one of the things that you mentioned was about opinions. And if I remember correctly, um, one of the things that you tell us is that everyone has an opinion, but you don't necessarily have to buy into it, that it's their opinion. It's not advice or anything else. It's strictly their opinion. And to read it, look at it, if it resonates, great. If not, move on. Yes?
0: Right. Yeah, yes, okay. Absolutely. And I All think right. that that's really hard for especially women. Um, mm-hmm. we we want to we want to rationalize, we want to defend um again, kind of circling back to the perfectionism, and that's mm-hmm. part of why that happens, right? Mhm. And yeah. instead, okay, thank you, move on, right? Yeah, I would I would agree that, you know, go ahead. Mhm. No. Yeah. It's you.
2: Yeah. Okay, um, so you have a famous quote, it's your quote, about money and visibility. Would you tell the audience
0: what that is? always a famous quote. You know, Anne, she just says things. Um, I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, sometimes I think I need somebody to run around and, and write my stuff down as I say it. Um, I, I, well, what I say is money is attracted to fame. Mm-hmm. So... And fame is visible. So, when, when and, and the big part I mentioned early that I'm, I'm bringing back into my work is more and more of the psychology work um, that I started with. My master's degree was all on self esteem, self worth in women, it was all on how we make shifts um, mm-hmm. and really look at energy. Money's just energy. So, and, and money is attracted to fame. And if you are hiding, you probably are wondering where money's at. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a mind, you have to change your mindsets about money as well. You have to start to think about, you know, what am I doing that, Attracts money to me. Um, Money has no moral judgment. Those are other mindsets we have to get over about money. So if you think about where you see lots of money, money is attracted to fame. It's attracted to visibility. It's attracted to sexual energy. It's attracted to fun. It's attracted to upbeat. um, And are you creating and doing those kind of things so that money sees you and finds you and is energetically attracted to you?
2: Yeah, I think one of the the fun things that uh, I know I've done uh, coming out of the mindset was wooing money like a lover, that yeah. money wants to know that it, it it's wanted, and then it's needed, and then it's loved, and it's cared for, and caressed, and all that good stuff, and I, I find that... Um, analogy has really helped me with my mindset around money is how do you move it, move it as a lover and how do you continue to do that even when you have money
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so and I love that you moved to that analogy right because I would say mm-hmm. I like to be wooed and won and and, it, and it's an, a very different energy because most of you would not treat your lover or talk about your lover like you do money. At least I hope not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, well, and I find it interesting, too. Like, um, I know people who divorce because their partner no longer is wooing them. But now that yeah. they're, quote, married, um, it's like, I got yeah. you yeah. now. Okay. You're not going anywhere. And money exactly. doesn't work that
0: way, right? And that's and neither do good relationships. Mm-hmm. So you you know that's just an absolute example of that. And when I talk to people about relationships, I actually even say though too is that money is attracted to how healthy your your. Primarily, eight energetic relationships are. I've defined eight of them. Comes from my undergraduate work, um, and ultimately, not money being the ninth energetic relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. The better you treat the first eight, the easier money is. So, again, from a scarcity mode, most people tend to focus on the money so much that they're actually shutting down the energy. Whereas they, if they would focus on, on the other energetic relationships and you know, uh, a lover, a spouse mm-hmm. is definitely a part of that energetic relationship. How are you making that relationship energetically better? So it's abundant and attractive and full and exciting and interesting. And when you're doing that in all the things that you do, then you're, you're naturally creating the energy that money wants to be around.
2: Uh, so true. So balancing that beach ball that is your life and making sure that all the aspects are fully inflated and and working well together. And on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebookcom forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
0: Voice America Women, your passion starts
1: here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare 2 com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
2: Welcome. Today we're talking with Ann Evanston, the warriorpreneur. And Ann, you have a signature um, as part of your brand that I think is an extremely powerful piece, and that's the katana that you use in all of your marketing materials, and in fact have... um, also, put it on your back, and it's just a mm-hmm. gorgeous piece. Can you tell us a little bit more of why the katana and why the warrior?
0: So um, so a katana, first of all, for those that don't know, is a Japanese sword. Um, I find often when I say to somebody, I have a katana, they actually don't know what it is, So. um mm-hmm. It is, it's a Japanese sword um, that the Samurais used to carry. So if you've ever seen a movie or a TV show with a Samurai in it, um, you know the big long sword usually with yeah. an ivory handle that we're talking about um, versus an Irish kind of Claymore sword, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, my first sword was gifted to me as I was building my brand by my husband who is in martial arts. Um, and most people don't realize that martial arts, again, tr- attraction, energy, and really learning to get what you want in life, martial, all forms of martial art um, believe that you move with your opponent's energy versus push against it. Um, mm-hmm. it so the, the concept of true warrior spirit in any form of martial art is not to fight against somebody. It's to learn to understand that. It's how I use energy coming at me in a way to get what I want. Um, so that has always been part of the, the underlying story um, in terms of uh, what my, my brand is about. The warrior actually comes from, again, the mindset work. So for me, what I have learned in all of my years is that the only, the only thing that holds me back is me. My Mm -hmm. battle is within. It's not out there. Um, And I do activities in classes where I have people really push to get to see that, that even when they want to say, no, it's my parents, or no, it's traffic, or no, it's right, (laughs) How we get them to see how really it's not out there, the battles inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And learning as a warrior how to fight those inner demons fight those inner battles is so important Um, the katana is a very revered sword swords in general are in most cultures but um, the the katana is um, in many ways in how they're designed each one is created with unique watermark just like mine um, that was gifted from my husband they're there the metal is about being grounded um, it's not mm-hmm. having clarity of thought, so the idea of the sword sweeping through your mind to clear it. Um, it's really meant to cut through confusion and ignorance that may be in there um, mm-hmm. and getting in your way. Um, owning a sword or having a sword is really considered... Um, uh, an honor, and having a sword means that you believe in transition and up-leveling in transition, which is definitely important for me. Um, and also the sword and its sheath. So the katana usually comes in a sheath, right? Um, and mm-hmm. Most swords do have a sheath that the warrior would wear in any culture. Um, the, the sword and the sheath also represent the, the balance of masculine and feminine. And for me, that is... A part of my work that I've hidden for many years, which is an interesting story that I've been revealing more and more to people and where where my work is uh, going and coming out. But it's really important when you think about, especially for women, strong, powerful, loving is the balance of feminine and masculine and what we know about the most admired uh, women in in leadership roles and owning a business and being an entrepreneur, uh, direct sales at high levels, right? Uh, government, mm-hmm. corporate leadership, wherever that is, what we know is the most admired and revered women have a strong balance of feminine and masculine traits, mm-hmm. um, and the sword visualizes that. So so that's where the sword comes from. And then, as you said, I, um, I had a vision about two years ago. Um, never had a tattoo in my life coming up on a big birthday here in a few weeks ago, and a few weeks from now, and uh, had a vision about two years ago of having that katana tattooed on my back, full size. So uh, I finally finished it this year after I found the artist and did all that research and went through the sessions, and I've taken it full size from the top right shoulder all the way down across my back to the back of my left knee.
2: And I think that's just amazing. Never having had a tattoo, really not knowing what the experience was going to be, and yet having a vision and stepping into that vision and letting it come full circle. And I, I think that's just extremely powerful that your mindset was such that this is what I want. I can see it. I can hear it. I can feel it. I can taste it. And it's going to happen. And it is probably one of the most beautiful works of art I've seen in a very, very, very long time.
0: Well, thank you. And as you know, because you've had a sneak peek of it, um, mm-hmm. I because of where I'm going with really trying to get women to step into their power and own their visibility and do these things for themselves, I've actually taken a picture of it. It will be used in media because um, yes. I also think we have to stop all the body shaming. So uh, I don't have a perfect body by any means. There's no editing of the body, but there's at least a, a picture of it now that people will be able to see as we get this marketing done here at the end of the year.
2: Right. And that marketing is leading to sort of a, not, not an um, a new aspect for you, but it's a new aspect for um, your your tribe in some respects. Um, on and I got a preview of that as well. Um, at that time, it was called the Vibrant Woman. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's coming up? Peek behind the curtain and and see what the program looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. So uh, as we were talking about earlier, nobody's perfect. Um, And I am definitely one of those people, yet constantly looking at stories in my life, which is a big part of my book, The Influence Factor, Mm -hmm. um, looking at stories in your life and how they were told to you or have been told. And you know, we've done this work like your grandmother, mother work, right? Yes. Um, Even what you mentioned about redoing your, your sewing and things. Mm-hmm. you have to rewrite stories because they become your truth and i i have a story about my psychology background that um i allowed to become my truth so for years and and i am i believe in my heart that i am meant to work with women i believe in my and my tribe has always been women um but I'm, I'm meant to show women their strength and power. I'm, I'm meant for women to see their unlimited potential. Um, I, I think I am meant to show women that we don't have to be best friends and agree on everything to change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a common, again, mistake women make if, if we don't agree on everything, we can't be friends. Right. Right. Um, so, so the work with women and helping women see their energy and helping women understand that. And so I've always hidden it. I mean, my master's degree, I, I did an entire self-esteem program that I had to go teach at the community college in a women's class. And then I went to corporate America. I had a company that brought me in and I taught it there. It was all written and verbal feedback and I have hidden that work for over 20 years.
2: That's incredible! I can't imagine you right. hiding anything, Anne.
0: I know, <laughs> I know. Um, and so, and so, as you know, because you've been in my program for a long time, the the psychology work is always there, but I've hidden it and sandwiched mm-hmm. it between what I thought was practical, right? Um, right. And no longer, it, it will not be hidden any longer. Um, we're really working on uh, launching and manifesting that. Um, They'll still be the very entrepreneur-focused program, yet uh, doing more women's work, um, more events and retreats for women overall, stepping in with women to lead things that women need to have the success they want. Um, That kind of stuff is going to happen in 2017.
2: So, Anne, how did you have to change your mindset in order to be able to come out of hiding with this and to really create a program that's that's going to be as powerful as it sounds?
0: Um, well, first of all, I had to, I had to rewrite a story. I, I mm-hmm. had a story that I allowed to become my truth that my psychology degree would never earn me money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I allowed that story to become my truth. Um, so I, I have been working really hard to rewrite that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had to overcome the fear of being rejected for doing this work um, because it is touchy-feely. It is woo-woo. Um, it is soft, you know. <laughs> it's, it is. Um, and I am a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um so, I had to overcome my fears about that and work on that, which I spent a lot of time this year on that. And then, I, I'm i a big believer in baby steps. You can't You can't look at the end goal. You got to look at the baby steps within the goals. So, I started reaching out to places where it'd be safe for me to give little talks because I was mm-hmm. already trusted and respected and known as a great speaker. So, whatever the hell I wanted to talk about, I would they'd let me come right Mm -hmm. Right. um and and really focused on this new subject matter for me um and I've been doing that slowly since about April of this year Mm -hmm. um and then I as you know a big part of how I believe you step more into your authentic self all the time and 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 get to that place is um writing um I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer in writing and yes. I I have done a lot of writing um, to really get clear about what what when I say I want to see people step into their unlimited space and potential, how am I limiting myself and what that looks like? Um, and okay. so clarifying that has been a big part of the goal.
2: And that's great. I, it, it it's nice to know that. Um, Again, you're not perfect, and but that you take your ideas through what I call the lab of experimentation. when it's excellent, you bring it out, you work with it, and then you take it back into the lab and work with it some more. And I think that's that's really powerful that um, you know there are aspects that you're working on as well. you're you're not perfect. We can't put you up on a pedestal and um, and then knock you down. Uh, and I think that's that's really key to being authentic and being real and raw, which is something that I admire in you very, very much. So Anne, I know you have a free gift for our audience. Would you like to tell us a little bit about it?
0: So this is a Mindset for Success video series that I created. It's pretty entrepreneurial focused, even though you're non-entrepreneur's will probably like it. I think direct sales people should think of themselves as brands and entrepreneurs, as you know, so I think they will like it too. Um, I'm getting ready to do a woman's only series on that. Um, Mm -hmm. This one, though, is very focused that way. It's a video that will come to you once a week in your inbox when you sign up. They're three to five minutes. It's about a mindset. There's usually a quirky story because I'm a good storyteller, and then something you need to do and focus on in terms of that mindset for you.
2: Okay, so in essence, they get homework every week um, to be working on their mindset, which I think is, is awesome, and it's small baby steps, as you say. Yep. So, Anne, exactly. um, before we close, how about one last tip on mindset, visibility, um, whatever you think would be a powerful tip for the audience today?
0: Sure. Sure. Um, And I think it comes full circle in what we've talked about today, Linda, is where we started with creativity and how it can get in our way. And the story that I just ended with with where I'm going in our business is that too often we lose the focus of who we are because we listen to everybody else and we think we can do that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Listen to you. Block everything else out and listen to you that is when you're able to really step into who you're meant to be in the world. Stop listening to everyone else.
2: And that's just absolutely perfect. Thank you so very, very much. And I'd like to end with a quote from John Maxwell. Remember that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Till next week, Mondays at 10 o'clock in the morning and have a happy holiday.